Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Well, good morning and welcome to Christmas at Life on this beautiful Christmas Eve Sunday. Amen. We are so glad you could be with us today. Thank you for making uh, this part of the, the wonderful weekend where we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen. We're so thankful for this opportunity today. I love when Christmas Eve or Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. Amen. It just seems to just feel right to be in the house of the Lord and worshiping God on one of those days. Amen. I, I think our next Christmas Eve Sunday is 2028, something like that. So we got a few years to, to wait for that one. Amen. But I just love it when it happens. Uh, by the way, before I go to the Word of the Lord, after service, we have two photo, photo booths in the back. One on one side, one on the other for you to choose from. We've got a manger scene in one corner for the spiritual people. And then we're going to have Santa Claus in the other corner for the other spiritual people. Amen, right? <laughs> but we're going to have Santa. If you have some children here, make sure they get a chance to take a picture with Santa today. It'll be fun. Stop by. Amen. Let's go to the Bible. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 for our text today. Amen. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Man, I probably don't need to read this. We just saw the video, right? How that happened. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and read it from the Bible. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to disgrace her publicly, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And it probably would have took an angel for me to believe that story too, right? Verse 21, the angel went on to say, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Hallelujah. I want to preach on that subject today. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Amen. Now, tomorrow will be Christmas, a day celebrated around the world to recognize the birth of Jesus. Now, just to be clear, December 25 is not a date that's mentioned in the Bible as the actual day of Jesus' birth. The Bible is actually silent on the exact day that, that uh, when Mary was said to have given birth to him in Bethlehem. But you know, the actual day that Jesus was born is not what's important anyway, right? 
You know, Christmas is a day that's been redeemed from its pagan or secular origins. And now it has become the day that we choose to honor the birth of Christ. Amen. And so I think we ought to just give God a hand praise for that. Amen. So I don't get caught up in all that stuff. It's also a season where we try to spread love and good cheer to people that are around us. It's a day that we rejoice and we celebrate the reason for the season. That, that us as believers, uh, we understand that Jesus, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, born of a humble origin, He came to us as the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Never before and not since that night so many years ago has the birth of a child created such a dramatic change in the lives of so many people. No other birth has attracted the attention or created the stir as did the birth of Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Amen. The Savior of the world. Because His was no ordinary arrival into the world. Amen. The Bible tells us that angels announced His birth. Shepherds visited him. Wise men sought him out and brought him gifts. There was even an evil king who tried to have him killed as a baby. The birth of Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecies that were thousands of years old. And everything about his birth harmonized with the scriptures. The angel proclaimed in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Not just a baby, come on, but a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote, <coughs> excuse me, in Galatians, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son. Notice that God sent His Son. The birth of Jesus fulfilled the promise that a coming deliverer was going uh, to be born who would destroy every destructive work of Satan and sin. And ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, heaven and earth has awaited the birth of our Savior. And He came, hallelujah, just like the Bible said that He would. Amen. Now, we usually focus primarily on the time of the birth of Jesus coming forward. But I just want to take a few moments today and help us understand that really to appreciate the Messiah, we also need to kind of look back before His birth at what the Bible said and what the Bible prophesied about the Messiah. Amen. And the Bible said a lot about Jesus' coming. The Jesus that we celebrate is most definitely the promised Messiah that the Word of God spoke about and prophesied about His coming. If you believe that, can you clap your hands? Amen. See, because when you look at how God has dealt with us as mankind, He's always been progressively revealing Himself to us. He never changes, yet our understanding of, of God's ways and His relationship with us, it has changed through the years. For example... Look at Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They had a very intimate relationship with God, but they lost that when they disobeyed God, and their fall plunged really all of us into spiritual poverty and a separation from God's very presence. We've come a long way, thank the Lord, since those days in the Garden of Eden. And God has used a lot of different means to kind of get us here where we are. One of the greatest tools of God's revelation in the Old Testament era was the voice of the prophets. Amen. 
The prophets revealed, they did a lot of things. They revealed God's message to the people, God's laws, his expectations for Israel, his uh, punishments when they disobeyed. The prophets would even on occasion predict future events that God had planned for the world. But it was through the prophets that we gained a greater relationship with God and a greater understanding about God. And without a doubt, the greatest prophecies were the predictions of the Messiah, which was to come. These prophecies became the central focus of the Hebrew people. It was such an all-consuming theme that really the entire Old Testament is considered to be prophetic in nature, describing the way that God manifested himself and his kingdom came to fruition on the earth. There was so much prophecy concerning the coming of Jesus. Yet, when the Messiah finally came, guess what? The Hebrews did not recognize him. And I think part of the reason was they had lost sight of their sinfulness and their need for salvation because they had become consumed with a different kind of Messiah. They wanted one that was going to bring kingship and royalty and bring about national deliverance to bring an earthly kingdom rather than that they were not really so much looking for a spiritual redeemer. Their expectations had become more carnal than spiritual and they were looking for a Messiah who was going to bring political restoration, not necessarily spiritual healing. But thank God Jesus came anyway. Hallelujah. And he fulfilled the prophecies that were spoken of him in the Old Testament, uh, by the Old Testament prophets. Whether they were ready to receive him or not, the Christ had come. Now that word Christ means the anointed one. It was a name given to Jesus that showed that he was the long-awaited deliverer and king. Peter said to Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what was so unique about Jesus was he was both deity and humanity. He was more than just a normal man. Jesus revealed the very essence of God in a more vivid and tangible way than we had ever seen God demonstrated before. Why? Because he was what the Bible said, Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, yes, surrounded by the cool walls of what was probably a cave delivery room, not a warm manger with straw, amen. It was the Christ, the deliverer, the Messiah. He had finally come, and the Bible said that he was God with us. The prophet Isaiah described him in such vivid detail. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, it says, All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Here's the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, I don't know why people always try to deny the deity of Jesus, but the scripture clearly says that the prophet said that when the child, the virgin, is overshadowed, she's going to give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. God is with us. Matthew in the New Testament reached back to this prophecy when he described the virgin birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. When he said that the Messiah would be Emmanuel, he was saying that divinity was coming into the world in the form of humanity. See, folks, this is why we celebrate the birth of Jesus on Christmas. This was not just 
any other baby. Come on, this was not just some prophet that showed up on the scene, amen. God condescended into this world in a personal way by manifesting himself in Jesus Christ who was and is the Son of God. See, this unique man, Jesus, had a human body and a human nature. He was the Son of God. Can everybody say amen to that? Yet, he was also deity. He was God in the flesh. Jesus Christ was one person with two natures, inseparably united. He was in all respects human, yet without sin. But because of his miraculous conception and his birth, his life also reflects his deity. In theological terms, this act of God's called the incarnation. The Old Testament made many declarations about the coming Messiah. Isaiah 7 and 14 and 9 and 6 says he was both God and man. Genesis 3.15 declared him the seed of the woman. Genesis 18 and 18 called him the seed of Abraham. Genesis 17.19 called him the seed of Isaac. Numbers 24 and 17 called him the seed of Jacob. But I want you to look at what else Isaiah had to say about him. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, talking about our Jesus, he said, For unto us a child is born. Hallelujah. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called what? Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. I think we ought to give him a hand for that. Amen. Come on, Isaiah told us that the Messiah is going to possess all of the attributes and the very essence of God. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, folks, let me just remind you very clearly. Jesus was not just a God-like person. Jesus was not just a man with a special anointing. Jesus was not just a Bible superhero. The Bible tells us he was God in every sense of the word. Jesus, the mighty God, robed in flesh of humanity. The Apostle Paul confirmed this when he wrote in Colossians 2 and 9. For in him, who? Jesus, dwells what? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Colossians 2 and 9 from the NLT. I love the way it says it. It says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Mary, did you know that your baby boy, hallelujah, would someday rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy, come on, Mary, did you know? I think Mary knew. But it took the rest of us a little while to get the message, amen? Amen. See, not only was Jesus prophesied though as deity, he was prophesied as humanity. And this is the Jesus that we're probably most familiar with, that we so easily recognize this holiday season. Because his humanity is the crucial factor on which the entire redemption story finds its meaning. Isaiah 7 and 14 prophesied the virgin birth of the Messiah. And in Matthew 1, we find that story of Jesus' birth and the fulfillment of that prophecy. And if Jesus had been conceived through the normal process of human reproduction, he would not have been called the Son of God, right? Because he had an earthly mother. He could be called the Son of Man, but because he was begotten by God, when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, he was called the Son of God everywhere. Even where he was born, 
was significant in confirming the biblical prophecies about who he was. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 told us where he was going to be born. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old and from everlasting. O little town of Bethlehem, hallelujah, a little town about five miles from Jerusalem. But Micah said it was going to be where the Messiah was born. It was even a thing that the ancient Jews accepted. They recognized that the, mer- the birthplace of the Messiah would be, uh, uh, would be in Bethlehem. Matter of fact, when Herod inquired as to where the Messiah would be born, they told him, they quoted the prophet Micah. When the Magi or the wise men who were Gentiles came to Jerusalem and searching for the Messiah, they told him, they said, go and look in Bethlehem. That's where you're going to find this baby if in fact he is the Messiah. And in Jerusalem, they recognized that and they understood that. So they went to Bethlehem and there they found Jesus and they worshiped him. That little town of Bethlehem became great because of who was born there. See, David had been born there. I think Boaz was born there. But now Jesus was born there. See, the main reason, though, that God came to earth, divinity robed in humanity. Hear me, it was not to fulfill all those ancient prophecies. It was not just to deliver Israel from the hands of Rome. The reason that Jesus came was to save each of us from our sins. Hallelujah. Luke 19 and 10 tells us the exact reason why Jesus' birth still matters today. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. See, as we proclaim the Christmas story this holiday season or any time of year for that matter, nothing matters more than this simple message. Jesus came to save us from our sins. He was and is our healer and our deliverer. Come on. He brought healing. He brought restoration. He brings love. He brings hope. No prophet ever healed the way Jesus healed. Come on, amen. He healed uh, uh, someone of a fever in Matthew 8 and 14. He healed leprosy in Matthew 8. He healed paralysis in Matthew 9. He healed a withered hand in Matthew 12. He healed someone of the palsy in Matthew 8. He healed deafness and muteness in Mark chapter 7. He healed blindness in Mark 8. He healed insanity in Matthew 17. He healed someone of a severed ear in Luke 22. He healed somebody of death in John chapter 11. He healed everyone who was sick in Matthew 8. He healed every sick and disease in Matthew 9 35 what can I tell you he can heal you today he can touch you today see his birth was no ordinary birth and the reason his healing is available to us as his children Isaiah 53 and 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him And by his stripes we are healed. You see, you can't really tell the Christmas story without telling the Easter story. Hallelujah. It was by his stripes that we are healed. The reason Jesus' birth is so significant was because he died and was resurrected and rose from the ground on the third day. Amen. 
But the reason that he died and he rose again was because his birth was no ordinary birth. This was God. Emmanuel, the scripture said, God with us. Those stripes, that innocent blood, it's what brings our salvation. And just as innocent blood was shed to cover Adam and Eve's sins, so the innocent blood of Jesus would be shed to cover the sins of all of us. And you know what else I loved about Jesus? Jesus was not afraid to be seen with the sinners. Come on, Jesus didn't ride into town on a royal chariot and with horns and trumpets blaring, amen? Jesus showed up as a lowly Savior born in a manger. Jesus didn't come as the son of a king. He came as the son of a carpenter. And Jesus demonstrated to us that even the creator of the world was not too good to hang out with the sinners. Amen? He ate with publicans, even though his critics scorned him. He went home with Zacchaeus, the despised tax collector, when he was in desperate need for God. The woman at the well, you know her story. She was shocked when Jesus asked for water and took the time to talk to her about her needs. Even the thief on the cross. He had nothing to offer but simple faith. And yet in those closing moments of his life, he found eternal life because he responded to Jesus on the cross. Jesus came seeking to save. And I'm happy to report to you today, Jesus is still seeking to save. Hallelujah. He sought all men, 2 Peter 3 and 9, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. No man has ever lived or ever will live who will be more profoundly qualified to save. No one has ever lived or walked on the face of this earth that can make the impact that Jesus did to all of mankind. And the reason was, he was Emmanuel, God with us. I want the praise team to come and I want the ushers to prepare to pass out the candles. We're going to close our service today with a candlelight moment. When the three wise men came to see Jesus, they worshiped, they presented gifts to him, and the Bible says they went home as believers. They weren't just paying respect or honor to an earthly king, but they were worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. One thing we all love about Christmas is the giving and receiving of gifts. Amen. It's okay to say that, right? <laughs> And the greatest gift that we can give today to Jesus is ourselves. It's honorable, it's good for you to give gifts like time and money and talents. But do you know what the Lord wants most of all? He doesn't want those things more than He wants you. Amen? Over 2,000 years after Jesus' birth, we still celebrate it. No other king, past or present, has as many followers as our God. No one has made as great an impact upon the lives of so many. And folks, I want to tell you today, one visit with Jesus will change everything about your life. One moment in His presence can change everything about your life. I don't know how the thief on the cross had lived his life. He ended up a thief on a cross. We know that. <laughs> 
But one moment in the presence of Jesus where sincere faith changed the trajectory of his life forever. One moment as a teenage boy right before I turned 16 changed the path of my life forever. I look around this room and I see a whole room full of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses, if you will, of people that recognize Jesus was not just a baby in a manger to you. Come on, Jesus was not just somebody that we sing about and talk about at Christmas, but Jesus was God with you in the moment you needed Him the most. And by the way, I'm happy to tell you, we have somebody that's going to be baptized today, amen? What a beautiful day to get baptized. Floyd, if y'all want to go get ready, amen? And if you'd like to be baptized, what a beautiful day to be baptized. But you know what I love? Jesus is still here to change lives. I'd like you to stand with me all over this room. I'm giving everybody an opportunity to get a candle if you want to participate. We got this middle section, folks. Ushers, we got a section here with no candles. God's invitation is to whosoever will. And over 2,000 years later, we still celebrate that birth. Hear what the angels said about him in Luke 2, 2, verse 10. Then the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In the New Living Translation it says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Folks, there's no better news than the fact that Jesus was born and He died and He resurrected. That is the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And He's a Savior for all people today. I want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to have their candles lit. And then if we could turn down the house lights a little bit, please. I want us to close this service service by focusing on the child who changed it all. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2 says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Aren't you glad that that light's shining in the dark places of your life? John chapter 1 and verse 4 said, The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. John chapter 8 and verse 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And that's what I want to close. I don't know if every person in this room is a believer or not, but if you're not, hear me. If you choose to follow Him, the Bible says you will not have to walk in darkness. Because His light, the Scripture says, will be the light that leads to life. So as we close this service, we're going to sing. But before we do that, I want to pray. I want to pray for every person in this room, but I want to especially pray for you. If you've not made that step, I want to encourage you to repent of your sins and to invite Christ into your life. 
to ask Jesus to begin his relationship with you by inviting him in and saying, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. I accept you and I invite you in and you begin that journey that will change every part of your life. Amen? How many of you are glad you prayed that prayer? How many of you are glad you took that step? Amen? Let's pray together right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, first of all, for coming the way you did. Not with pomp and circumstance, but in humility, you came to be one of us. God, you don't just lord over us from heaven, but you chose to robe yourself in flesh and become God with us. You walked on this earth so you could be God with us. You ate with sinners. You healed the sick. You touched those that were around you. You were God with us. But I'm so thankful that you are still God with us today. And I pray, Lord, for anyone, God, that needs to make this next step in their spiritual journey, Lord, that they would invite you into their heart and into their lives. I pray, Lord, that those of us that know you, we would appreciate what you did for us on Calvary. And we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Are you ready? Go ahead. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.